Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Onside Punt. I'm Holmie, and as always, I'm joined by Kat. How are you, Kat? Man, I'm doing so, so well. Been a big day, but keen to get into some football. Well, I'm actually, first I'm a little bit nervous. I've uh, got my first Fantasy League draft tomorrow. Uh, I know, I know. Are you yeah. feeling uh, excited, scared? What, what are we going into? Oh, I have not slept for three days since I signed <laughs> up for it. Um, <laughs> it has not been... I've got no strategy. I've got no idea. I'll probably take defense in the first round, but, uh, you know, <laughs> power to me. Power to me. Yeah. Mate, that, that's, it's such... I'm so excited because I think when we first talked about it, you were adamant. You weren't even going to touch yeah. fantasy. Yeah. Now, I'm glad brought you into the deep end. We're in this league together with uh, 14 others. So, pretty deep and difficult one to start off with. Pretty exciting. Yeah, it should be fun. I, I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm surprisingly nervous in a weird way. It's just like, <laughs> but it's good to do new things. So let's see how badly I can butcher this. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. The draft <laughs> kicking off tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple of weeks. In fact, all the way up to season starting, if you want to do join your own fantasy league. It's, uh, it takes a bit. We're hopefully about to do an episode or at least a segment on how you get into them, what they're all about. Yeah, hopefully that's coming up, so we'll get some connections and we'll bring that to you to help you out as well, so you're not as nervous as I am. And help you out, homie. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's jump into the news, shall we, Kat? Start off with Cooper Cup, who, you know, fresh off recovering from a high ankle sprain that required surgery last year. He didn't suit up from week nine onwards. He's now left training camp with a hamstring injury and uh, seen pulling up after running a route, but... No timeline, I think, was shared. Oh, they've gone a little bit. It's really day by day. Uh, mm. They're claiming a slight tweak of the hamstring. Oh, just a tweak. Yeah, okay. that's four weeks. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's genuinely four weeks. So Yeah, he's yeah. not going to be playing in the preseason anyway. If you're about to get a, a small tweak or any injury, mm. best time to get it. But uh, I, I did see something interesting when this was released that even though he didn't play a game after week nine last season, he still ended up being the leading receiver for the Rams with 75 catches, six receiving touchdowns, 812 yards. Now, for a player who doesn't play the last seven games mm. and still leads your receiving core, just I guess highlights to people that don't know, but Cooper Cup is integral to the Rams being somewhat even average this year. I really want to see a full season of Cooper Cup. Like, mm. it, it's... He's something to watch. Um, he's probably the only thing to watch at the Rams, but it's <laughs> definitely something to watch. And I just, I hope this isn't a trend for him. I'm a bit nervous, you know, coming back and then another tweak and hope this doesn't mean we're getting a continuation of small injuries for him. But yeah, he's he's 30 now and mm. like th- these things can start to pop up. So yeah, hopefully we're not seeing the end, but injuries at this time, not a great sign for the Rams. So Kyler Murray remains injured and they've said there isn't a timetable for his return as he suffered a torn ACL in last year's season again. They did say possibly September at some point, but it does seem risky for them to bring him in uh, too early. I guess it's not groundbreaking news, but it's just a massive disappointment for Cardinals fans. It just can't be easy looking at what is already going to be a bleak season for them, even if Kyler plays from the beginning. I think we've raised this more to just send our best, send out our best wishes to the Cardinal mm. fans. And Condolences, just, yeah, we, we understand. Yeah, we we know the pain's real, but um, yeah, the timeline's indefinite, and it, it's just a roller coaster for them, poor buggers. 
And and don't worry, you only spent two hundred and thirty million dollars on a five year contract with him. It's fine. Yeah, you haven't you haven't killed yourself, have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very very heartfelt from us. Yes, <laughs> yes. So much empathy. <laughs> <laughs> Up to you, homie. Continuing on with the injuries, we've got uh, Denver Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick. Sad story here. So he's come off the back of an ACL in season twenty twenty two and has now torn. His Achilles. Oh. Ouch. Yeah, that's yeah. uh that's is that a season ender? Oh, I think it I think it would. Um sorry Tim. Well, my friend Tim, he actually tore his uh, Achilles in the old uh, indoor netball. So and his recovery <laughs> was slow. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's any reflection, we might not see uh Tim yep. Patrick yep. anytime so, soon. <laughs> yeah, so we might have Tim after report on Tim. To give us an update of how long that injury will be, so he might be, yeah, a current expert on a on I guess a tendon recovery, repair. but not a good injury, a really, no. and can be a lot of trouble to come back from. Fresh off the press, we've got Titus Howard. So Titus, he's the right tackle, starting right tackle for the Texans, and he's gone in for surgery to his hand, so he's could miss up to up to six weeks, but projected four, but a little bit of a setback for the Texans. Bit of a rare one with a hand injury. You know, don't really see them. We've seen multiple knees and tears. Yeah, and, and yeah they haven't, we haven't got the full okay. details, so maybe uh, maybe he might have thrown hands or something, we'll, which relates <laughs> to a future story coming up. So let's wait and see. Moving on to the Saints, where their star running back, Alvin Kamara, was suspended for three weeks after getting into a fight outside a Las Vegas club on the eve of the Pro Bowl last year. It was initially a felony charge, dropped to a misdemeanor because Kamara's taken a plea deal. He's since met with the media to apologise and taken responsibility for his actions. But, uh, homie, how do you think this affects the start of the Saints season? You know, the team's in tight contention with the Falcons. It's a slight setback, but I don't, I'm not overly concerned. I know they've had some, they're looking at signing some veterans as well, but I'm just more excited that I get to see Kendra Miller a bit earlier. So rookie running back, I've spoken about him in one of our earlier episodes. I'm excited to see his potential. He said he can step into that slot in the absence of Kamara. It seems like they've known this is coming for a while. Obviously, the charges were in a little bit ago. So they've drafted the rookie Kendra, as you've said. They've signed Jamal Williams, who will definitely be picking up the slack. And I've heard as well that Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. who was once the leading running, is uh, had a little visit. So possible signing there. I'd be getting a bit nervous. I was Kamara. Like, he's a receiving running back. That's great. And definitely something the Saints need, Derek Carr. But... You know, you're starting to get a long line behind you of people knocking on your back saying, I want that number one job. They're bringing a pretty pedigree here. And, you know, you leave the door open, you give a chance to the young rookie as well. And it's like, they might just close it on him. But I, I doubt that very much. I know. Yeah, I agree. I do want to, you said he took ownership of his, of the mistake. I do want to give you the quote. Poor judgment on my end. Definitely a bad decision. But I am a man. <laughs> Is that really taking ownership of his? Oh, well, I, I saw the cliff. I didn't even hear that. I am a man. Yeah. God, that's um. It is concerning. <laughs> and I'll add one as well. There's a. There wasn't. It wasn't just him. There's another guy that got suspended as well. The old Colts quarterback Chris Lamos. Lemons. Who was in the same. Altercation. Yeah, yeah, apparently. And there have been others for we know, but there's two of them being suspended. So, but he obviously doesn't, they don't care enough about him. Yeah, he's, he's not headlining. Yeah, he's not he- Sorry, buddy. Yeah. I think the Raiders moving to Las Vegas is going to have a long term effect on the league 
because the amount of nights out now that stars are having in Vegas and there's been a couple of things that have come up for the last two years. There's clubs everywhere, but I just think Vegas is doing something to these players when they're coming off a victory or a loss and you, going out in the you town. Would not want the, you would not want the early game in, in going to Vegas, would you? Like, you would hope your boys get the Sunday one so they're straight home Monday. <laughs> <laughs> back, back in the game room yeah, on Monday. Yeah, yeah, keep don't, them far away. Don't, do not give them a long weekend. They're in big yeah, trouble. As a coach, we get on the plane. Or you don't want the get week the before plane. the bye. You're in big trouble. Oh. <laughs> yeah. In continuing drama, we've got Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett's beef that has just evolved and evolved. Mm, uh, we talked it? about it last week and there's been some further comments that have came out uh, in response to what Sean Payton has said. Uh, if you missed it, Payton, coach of the Broncos, was rather unnecessarily talking smack about the previous coaching of the Broncos and singling out Nathaniel Hackett, who is now the Jets' offensive coach. Now, Hackett was able to respond to Peyton's quotes in the media. And he initially said, you know, Peyton broke the code, you know, the code of the coaches. You just don't do that. Uh, And this is the full quote. This past week, it's frustrating and it sucks. We're all susceptible to it. Things you do, the mistakes you make, cost you time on the field, cost you your job, all those things. I own all of that. That's a fact. I've got no excuses. What do you think about that, homie? That's a clean statement. I think that's fair. Like, what what, can, what else can he say, really? Like, well, yeah, like he's made it, you know, the, I think the best choice to absorb it and yeah, not fight it. I think it, I think it's a really classy way to actually, and hopefully, gets rid of the story for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not really news after that happens, mm. and I think you know Sean Payton ends up looking like the bad guy here. He's run his mouth. Yeah, he, he's not. He's come out with the dirt on his hands, hasn't he? Uh, mm. But I think we also do we also hear from his friend. Yeah, so as you said, you know, hopefully it puts the story to bed because he's been so mature about it. And he's uh, almost like his muscle or his Mm. bodyguards come out in his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who uh, he had as a a player in a coach relationship at Green Bay previously. Aaron had some words for Sean Payton. It made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in this league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some easy fall if it doesn't go well. I think that this was way out of line, inappropriate, and I think he needs to keep my coach's name out of his mouth. Oh, oh, Tom Petty. <laughs> this is this is exactly what I want. This is this is where how I'd react. You know, this is. Uh, I love it. Yeah, much better and topical it, it, as well. It's, good, it's good almost one. reminiscent yeah. of that Will Smith. Yeah, keep it's your, good. Well, I keep my wife's name yeah. out of your mouth. Yep, we don't. That story ain't going away for Will Smith, so that, well, we keep no. that rolling. You know. Best thing is, this is all culminating. To week five, mm-hmm. when the Jets and the Broncos will take to the field, and I think that is the headline's going to be surrounding it, and it'll be settled on the field. I think this is getting the Jets team hyped up because apparently everyone loves Nathaniel Hackett as a coach. Apparently he's really fun, loves the team, like takes care of his boys. This has just only energized the Jets, which the Broncos really didn't need heading into that game whatsoever. Oh, surely they've just awakened the beast, haven't they? Like. I, I picture an image of Rogers standing in the end zone, arms abreast, yelling out, take my coach's name out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would have been good imagery, right? Uh, look, I like it, and I'm here for, here for any new rivalry anytime. Moving on, I brought in a little segment last week. Rookie error. I haven't got anything. Please tell me you got something. Please tell me. I do. Yes. I do have something. The The rookies have been uh, poking the bear Ooh. at a certain team. Ooh. And the bear has uh, technically and I guess literally fighting back. 
So Travis Kelsey has been uh, filmed throwing hands, oh. a couple of punches at training camp to his own teammates. And the reason I think this is a rookie error is this young rookies are visibly like trying to smack the ball out of his hand and harassing him after the play is dead. Mm. Kelsey's not having it. One of them, he does a full Barry Hall, like almost or just oh, a 180 left. And smacks him in the back of the helmet, hand to helmet. Don't know how he's doing what? that. Or Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. As we said, broken hands. Mm. It can happen. Uh, and other ones, he's just, you know, taking on two at a time. Oh, so, so there's two incidents. Yeah, there's two at the same oh, training. Brilliant. Brilliant. He's come out and said, you know, I need to be a better leader. I need to be a better. Yeah, oh. righto, mate. You snapped on, at a televised training camp. But is there any, is there any better place to probably throw hands? Because you. <laughs> it's probably the only place you can, really. Yeah, yeah I think it's the only place left for them, isn't Travis it? Kelsey. They would not have expected that, would they? Have? Oh, that would, no. be, that would have been quite good. <laughs> that would have been quite good. Oh, well, thank you, Ken. Another good rookie error. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to have to find out the names and we'll add them to the list. Yeah, and don't poke the bear. Yeah, don't poke the bear. <laughs> Another continuing story from what we talked about last week was the running back saga. And one of the key things that's kind of happened and developed from there is Jonathan Taylor who, after you know not being recognised, thinks he should be paid more, has requested a trade from the Colts. But Jim Ursay came out in response to this with some, I think, really, really rogue comments. Oh, this story, this one has taken my interest. I'll give you the quote so you can react to it. We're not trading, Jonathan. End of discussion. Okay, a bit, a <laughs> okay. bit abrupt, you know. You know, we can. Yeah, yeah, doesn't end there. If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of this league, no one's going to miss us. <laughs> and I don't finish there. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes. It's a privilege. <laughs> wow. Give it. All right, what, are you, what are your feelings? I, I'm a bit. It shocked me, actually. It just shocked me that this guy who runs a massive organization as the Colts, who is like every team is bred on looking after your players. So they want to play for you. They keep playing for you. They push for you and they get rewarded for it. To come out in that statement and basically say, look, if all of you died right now, or if I died or you didn't play for this team, no one mm. would care, life moves on, just shows this absolute lack of like disrespect or not even care about the human capital, not only on the team, but in his building, in his organization, oh. training staff. He just doesn't care who's there. You come in, you go, doesn't bother him. Dumbfounded me that someone would publicly say that. I'm sure it happens behind closed doors, but to put that in the in the media's mouth, how's he going to change that narrative? <laughs> Funny you say that. I did see something I, when this first kind of popped up. I was scrolling through Instagram, and this story comes up about this whale that needs saving from SeaWorld. The headline is Jim Ursay saving whale from SeaWorld. And I thought, you know what? I didn't really know Jim Ursay's name before this hunting no, came out. What is this whale story? And, and so this has kind of been happening from March and onwards. And basically, he's a part of a group of investors or, I guess, philanthropists who are trying to get these orca whales safe from SeaWorld. And it happened in March, and that was the last time I could find any article about it. But then this post pops up, and I'm just thinking, he said the essay comments, and the PR team are like, put the whale thing back on, yeah, quick. Get that, get that <laughs> quick, lid get back, back up. So what's he doing <laughs> saving whales now, is he? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a legend. Yeah. Does yeah, it care? Cares, cares more about the whales yeah. more than he does his players. That's, that's for sure. That's probably where the running backs are at at the moment too. So <laughs> poor buggers. <laughs> so in terms of contract updates, there's one story that took my attention. So Teddy Bridgewater has signed with the Detroit Lions. That'll Teddy's get back. Yep, yeah, that'll Teddy's get him back. He'll get him back with his head coach Dan Campbell. But I want to know, Kev, if you're Jared Goff, are you a little nervous? Well, you, I think you should be, but not because Teddy's a better quarterback no. than you. No, because in my experience following Teddy, I think he shouldn't have been on the field for the past 
two to three years. He's a great backup, honestly, but he we see so many backups that never take to the field. Teddy finds a way. He's always popping up on screen. I don't know if this just dooms a little curse on Goff going down because Teddy mm. comes. Teddy comes, Teddy plays. So <laughs> Teddy comes, Teddy plays, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so we're putting Goff on notice, not because we're going to get outplayed, but you might be injured soon. So <laughs> put yourself in cotton wool, buddy. <laughs> in other news, Tom Brady has pulled a Ryan Reynolds and has become an owner of Birmingham Football Club, which uh, I guess seems to be the thing you do when you retire from the NFL. Yeah, this is a real trend. We had uh, JJ Watt become a shareholder of Burnley back in May, and now we've got old Tom Brady putting a little bit of money into the old English Premier League. Have you seen the text from Ryan Reynolds? No, I haven't. He said, come on in, the water's warm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you can pay for it. No matter how many heaters or pools you want when you're running that football club. Oh, you could just... It's a it's a real strange trend at the moment. Soccer in general, in terms of like the ownerships, I guess it's the world game, but there's a lot... People are just buying in, aren't they? Yeah, oh, it's great. I'm happy to see it. Like, let's, let's pump it up. I wonder what tax account you have to go to to get that recommendation. Something in the Caymans, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Following on... Joe Burrow, there's been some news, homie. And I think we've got some people who must be listening to our show because as we suggested in our last episode, Joe Burrow has been picked for the quarterback documentary yes, season two. the villain. The villain yes. as requested. Yes, as requested by Onside Punt. We now have... That's great news. So that's season yeah. two, is it? That would be season two, so obviously oh, we'll have to wait lock, till... Lock me in. Lock me in. This time next year. Yeah, oh. yeah, that'd be good. Not sure who's ref- coming up uh, next to him. You know, someone like Derek Carr, I think, has been floated as kind of Ooh. one of the mid-tiers. I don't mind that at all, especially the new right. narrative of the right. Saints. Um, I just want them to, if they pick a rookie, pick someone interesting. Like, I'm sorry, I love Mariota. Like, saw a lot of his story, but just let's pick someone who has a shot. Give us one of the genuine three that are there available this year. So, yeah. CJ or Anthony, like... That'd be great yep. to follow, right? Absolutely. Maybe they're just, as we said last time, just a bit shy after seeing what happens to the, oh. uh, is the it, lower it, tier QB. As if they don't have enough pressure on them already. <laughs> no, yeah, just going to put a camera crew in your house yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, an update as well, Hard Knocks first episode is out tomorrow. Um, I'm not exactly sure where you can find it right now. You used to be able to find it on NFL Game Pass, HBO Max, those type of things. It may have changed this year, but keep an eye out. Really recommend you give it a watch. We said it last episode and we'll say it again. Football is back. The preseason is officially underway, starting with the Hall of Fame game that started last Friday. And now we're going to have football all the way through to February, Dave. I was a bit... The gap between the Hall of Fame game and the others is a bit... I was ready. I was primed, right? Yeah. yeah. Not that the... As we'll talk about, the preseason games aren't that exciting. No. But I had, you know, watched it on Friday... Happy as mm. got to Sunday. I was like, and Saturday I was bored. I didn't know what to yeah. do. I was like, God, I'm watching football. Not, not on Sunday. Not on Monday. Not on. But we're looking forward to this weekend coming. It's We've got four days and sixteen roster. games. Full yeah. roster. Yeah, full roster. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Sixteen games will be played. There is a game I know available on Ko. Um, you can also catch games at 
you know, days in Game Pass, those type of things. But uh, I don't care. <laughs> I thought you said Dave said. I thought I'd just like you just go over. Yeah, just come over the mind. I'll, I'll, I'll let you watch it. <laughs> no, Dazen, Dayzone, yep, whatever they've replaced. Uh, All mine. I'm free. With. Come around. Yeah, just go over to home. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> um, even if it's just a preseason game, it's so rare in Australia that we get NFL on a Saturday. Yeah, that's so good. So that'll be really, really great. And uh, hopefully we learn a little bit more. Uh, but first, want to kind of talk about the Hall of Fame game as it did kick off our season with the Jets versus the Browns. The game showed us pretty much exactly what we expect for a preseason game. Mm. Sloppy, awkward, 19 penalties. No power. Just, no power. <laughs> 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 Blokes getting tired in the first quarter. Um, look, we the thing was exciting to watch in this game is see how Zach, the backup for Aaron Rodgers, was going to play after being obviously uh, knocked back to backup, and he only played for maybe a quarter. Mm, I thought he really would have got more. I thought he would have got more. It's not pretty football, but what you do get to see, and what we're really excited for, is to see some of these rookies we talked about in the draft playing for the first time. One notable straight out of this game was um, rookie OT Dewan Jones. Now, I might, I might put this up on the socials because I, I enjoyed it. All right. Big fella. So we're talking 6'8", 170 kicks. Yeah, right. <laughs> Basketball background, and it has footwork of a dancer. Like, it was incredible. He was moving <laughs> like I've never seen. And he's a vodster. We're exci- I'm excited. It's been announced. CJ Stroud, he's going to play. That's big. That's really big. Yeah, yep. so, so pencil that one in against the New England Patriots. Will, Will Levis play? That's one for me. Mayo boy. I'm on that. Mayo boy. We're on Mayo we watch. I reckon we will. I reckon there's honestly. a good chance. Uh, Bryce Young. Because he's one of the rookies who isn't a starting quarterback, where CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are starting. So if we see them, it'll mm. be brief, possibly. But we'll ever. Hopefully, we get a good half of him. It'd be good. It'd be good to see. Uh, Bryce Young. Are we going to see him? Looking forward. Keeping eyes on that. Then I get into the running back. So. Bijan Robinson, everyone wants to know, right? I don't reckon. You can't, you can't, you can't risk it, right? He's, you he, can't risk it. Running back rookies, sending them into, and you realise, you know, yes, it's just a preseason game, but the mm. fact that it is sloppy and you've got rookies there defending rookies who are really desperate for the job, they're going to want to prove that they can put Bijan down. Yeah. You yep. don't risk yep. a, a mishit, a head tackle, anything like that. Yeah, so I'm not expecting, but I would, I've got to monitor Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, for the Lions, mm. Zach Chabonet for the Seahawks, and uh, Condre Miller, obviously, with the Saints, because we now need to know how he's going to perform. So they're my running backs. So I'll be monitoring, and then we go into ride receivers. Rashi Rice at the Chiefs, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Seahawks, uh, Quinton Johnston at the Chargers, Jordan Addison at the Vikings, Dave Flatters at the Ravens. It's exciting. It's what I want to see. These are the players we've been watching since we did our review, which was a while ago now of our division. If you're not quite caught up on your team and what they've been doing, go back and listen to our divisions of the different divisions and the team's updates there so you can catch yourself up. Yeah, these are these are players we've been talking about for months now, pre-draft, draft, and then into those recaps and how they're going to fit in the team. And now with everyone's fantasy research getting kicked off, you want to kind of get a bit of an action. I think wide receivers, as you noted there, we get to see a bit more of them. They're a bit less risk averse mm. because they're not in high impact. They might not even get passed to, but just to get them running their routes and plays under the lights um, will be interesting and a lot will come from that. So I think that's why our NFL draft is uh, for fantasy. Our one's very early. Yeah. Because uh, 
They're, you don't want to be someone they've got, they've got a week too early for Johnson. my liking. I've got my list. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch them first, but nah, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, you don't want to pick Quentin Johnson or something like that and he pulls a hammy yeah. under the lights in preseason <laughs> week one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be a rough one, but keep it in mind and uh, yeah, keep an eye on the preseason weekend coming up yep. this Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. With the season fast approaching, we're going to talk about the schedules, meaning who's playing who, where are they playing, bye weeks. The schedule is just a whole mess of a thing to decide on and look through. And Homie's going to help walk us through it. Homie, what is the schedule all about? Oh, this thing is a minefield. Okay. Um, we're obviously not going to dive into the analytics of like every individual game and that kind of thing. We're just going to do mm. a brief overview. But this thing is nuts. I, I've never, I don't think there's any more complicated schedule than this. The way it's divided into two AFC and NFC, and then you've got your divisions within that. To give context, it's an 18 week season. 272 games kicking off September 8th. Yep, yep, September 8th for us. Yep. So it's a short season. So like an AFL season is 24 regular games and NRL is 27 regular games. So it's quite a bit quite a bit different there. So and you, you play everyone in the AFL and NRL. Yeah, right? at least once. At least yeah. once. Yeah. So this one, you don't. And let me explain it to you. I'll give you the... But just to tell you, I've gone full Da Vinci Code on this. So <laughs> my apartment at the moment is just full of red... Red string between different Look points. Look like you're tracking a yeah, serial through killer. Through the different divisions <laughs> and different things. And it's like, oh, how do we decide this? Oh, wow. <laughs> to give you an idea, there is a billion combinations. A billion. Billion combinations. Of, of like, of what they can figure out with the schedule. Per team. So. That's it, incredible. Okay. But I'll give you an understanding of why it can have that many combinations. Because it has these factors to it. So this is how the schedule is. If I confuse you to stop me, you have to say a defensive tackles name. Okay, <laughs> and then I'll I'll I'll, re, I'll rephrase it so you, okay, you can understand cool. it. Okay, Cad, here's a breakdown of how it works: six games against divisional opponents, four games against teams from a division within your conference, four games against teams from another conference, two games against teams from two remaining division in your own conference. <laughs> yeah, I haven't lost it yet. And then because we've gone to a 17 game roster. The yep. 17th game is an additional game against a non-conference opponent from a division that the team is not scheduled to play. Matchups. All right. All right. Okay. Aaron Donald, you right there. Yeah. Just that last one for me again. The 17th game is... The 17th game was only brought in, I believe it was 2020. Yeah. So to balance this out... <laughs> you... They've just brought in a wild card from someone you've not played. Already. Yeah, basically you play... An additional game against a non-conference opponent yep. from a division that is not the one that you're from playing. a division that the team is not scheduled to play. Right. Matchups are based on the division ranking from the previous season, so you should play someone of equal. Someone. Oh, okay. So yeah. you can't just like go bugger. We got the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's. I tell you, like, there's all this criteria and stuff that goes into this algorithm. It's incredibly complicated. It's so like, complicated. Uh, and, and and you can end up having teams that have an amazing rivalry, but then they never play each other. Well, I think for Australian people, you've got to understand that this would mean that you potentially don't play another team for three or four seasons. Like, yeah. that's the complexity of it. And it's like, and they, they punch out this weird number as well that gives it like a ranking of how hard it was. It, it's 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 cool. I can't remember the name, but it's like 
for fairness, but it's just a crocker shit. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's just a fake thing. Uh, and, and the commissioner always decides in the end anyway. But So that's the general gist of it. So there's more complexity to it than that. There's all these algorithms and stuff, but we're not going to dive into those. So I'll just give you some general takeaways. 23 games will be Super Bowl rematches. So that's pretty crazy. So Really cool. Uh, including each of the two past Super Bowls. So that means Philly will play Kansas City. And yep. the Los Angeles Rams will play Cincinnati. Pretty cool. Well, one of them will be interesting. One of them will. <laughs> 14 games in 2023 are rematches of 2022 playoffs. I'll give you a little something here. This is like something you might want to consider when you're doing your tips. Since 1990, a streak of 33 consecutive seasons, at least four teams have qualified for the playoffs that missed it the year before. So you've got to look at the playoffs bracket from last year and think, okay, who do I take out of this? Who has either dived or is going to be usurped by a fresh, hot new team? Mm. That's really exciting to think about it. Like there's nothing worse than getting stuck in the same kind of yeah. top teams and no other challenges coming through. That's really cool. And if this complicated system that we're only scraping the, uh, the surface of, if that's what that's setting up, if that's a benefit of this system, then crack it, let it, let it keep going. I might dive into, we'll kick off with the sort of what we feel are the hardest schedule. So when I was looking at the schedule, the toughest ones I picked up was basically the, the Patriots because of their division. So you've got the Bills, the Patriots, the Jets, the Jets and, the, and the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. And it's like, yeah. that's a really tough division. Only two of those can go through. And, you know, the Jets... The Bills and the Dolphins are supposed to be all competing for the number one spot. So where's that leave the Patriots? Yeah, I, I see the AFC West this exact way mm. because, like, you've got the Chiefs right at the top of it. They they're clearly the best, but if you're looking for that second marker in the AFC, the Chargers are always fighting for second. But then so are the Broncos this year, and like the Raiders. Usually, it's usually the most competitive battle of a conference. And the Raiders look like the ones who are going to be stuck at the bottom at the moment because not only with their schedule, they're stuck in their div. And I've had a look at it. With the NFC conference they're versing, as you explained, mm. they're versing people like the Vikings. Yeah. And it's just going to chop them down a bit more. I really don't see anyone they can beat solidly until they verse the Colts. I guess when we say all this, you don't know who's going to have the upside and the, and the downside for the season to come. So what we think is a tough schedule now might become incredibly easy or vice versa so it's hard to really judge it but you just do, based on their division you think that these guys are going to have a tough run you look at the bills as well um they played 10 games against 2022 playoff teams like, yeah all of them are competitive games they've got a home game which we'll get to the international games they've got a home game against the jags in london <laughs> yeah that's, that's not a that's, home game that's a bit rough and then that just decides who gets to uh it's call heads or tails at the coin toss. Yeah, and then the last uh, four of the last six games are on the road. So pull up bills. Like you still expect them to have a great season, but they're gonna. It's not gonna be easy. It's against them already, and as we've said, they're, they're battling really great teams in the AFC yeah. to get through, and and that's a hard slog. Like the Chiefs, I guess, similar to the Bills, because you know you want to see good teams challenge. The Chiefs, in the way their schedule has worked out, they have some really tough matchups now. They've got the Super Bowl rematch, as we've said. They're playing all the AFC titles. They're versing, yeah, that really tough NFC group. I think, great. Give the Chiefs a tough schedule. I don't want to see them just glide on through to another championship. So, yeah, I think it, it does come down to divisions a lot. And then you look up those matchups. 
it's definitely if you're looking for your team, you want to know how they're doing this season, see who they're up against. And I know Holmy and I have done this our own. Mm. We picked the entire season's win loss. Oh, it's fun. It's a good, it's, it's fun. worth it. And you get to the end and you realize you, you haven't let the Cardinals win one game. <laughs> which is yep. a problem. Again, we send our commiserations. <laughs> <laughs> Who's looking to have the kind of easier schedules on the other end of the spectrum? Who's looking to have a, a more cruisy ride? I look at the 49ers and I think they're going to be the number one division. I give them a favorable looking schedule. But the, the one that really stands out for me is going to be the Saints and the Falcons. So I think, yeah. I think they're both going to be fighting for the number one spot and they have relatively easy run. Like just an example is the Saints. Only one of their first six opponents made the playoffs last season. And that was the Bucks. So wow, yeah. Who now have Baker Mayfield and not Tom yeah, Brady? And he's not going well, apparently. <laughs> no, I've heard that. He's, yeah. he's actually sorry. I shouldn't say they have Baker Mayfield because he's still fighting with Kyle Trask. Mm, there's some, who? There's some trouble there. So, <laughs> yeah. so you look at the Saints and the Falcons. One, one of those. They're going to have a big season just based on who they play, and they don't play anyone of great merit. So really, it's just between them. That's their entire season rivalry. Mm. Is one of them wants to beat the other and try to get the highest win-loss to get through. And uh, that's that's a pretty tight one. I've got to say, I really enjoyed that one because the Saints and the Falcons both have good uh, good kind of weapons and either side, some new flavors in there as well. And uh, I don't know. I, I can't pick it's right a, now between uh, Saints oh, and I, I was actually going to make a pick. <laughs> that was my thing. I, was, uh, I probably already have in the recap episode. You did, I think. you did. But I was like, as we get a bit long, it's... it's Let's nah, let's not. Let's just watch it. Let's see what it does because it's going to be a good watch, that one. So that's that's... That's a couple of the teams with the easier schedules there. I picked the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> He's not on the fence. He's not on the fence. As I alluded to earlier, there's there's going to be three games in the UK and two in Germany. So there's a bit of travel this year. Surprisingly, none in Mexico and none in Australia. But Yeah, none in Australia. They have mentioned it that it's it, it could travel. happen before. They seem pretty sensitive on their travel cad, do you think? like they... I think, to be fair, mid-season you have to come What's down it? to Australia. It's pretty rough. And I think throwing them over to Europe is a disruption enough for the teams to make them play on the opposite times and the opposite side of the world. Imagine them coming from, like, you pull Denver from Colorado oh. into, like, Sydney 35 degrees. That would be great in their pads. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you can imagine. But it's actually strange saying that. The Jags will stay in the UK for two weeks. I think that's really cool. And the fans pack out these ones. Like if you've seen any of the Germany or England games in the past, they go crazy for it. They're always sold out and they're really good games. You should get along to one, Cad. You'll be over there. Never thought about that. No, I'll probably be back by then, won't I? No, I, to, I think you'll be pretty close. Shit. <laughs> I did think about it the other day. <laughs> Alice, we're going to Germany, not Portugal. <laughs> So I want to get your opinion on one cat, the buy. So yeah. the NFL has a really, it's quite a large window. So it can be, so the first buy is week five. The last mm-hmm. is week 14. Browns, Bucks, Chargers, Seahawks, they, they got week five pretty early. And then you got the Cardinals, commiserations again, and the Commanders week 14. Probably doesn't matter for those two, but what do you, it's a bit, what do you think? Early buy, late buy, big impact? It's an interesting one because, you know, there's many theories about, you know, which is better, which is not. Like, obviously, ideal is mid-season because you get a nice break. Even if you get to rest and recover, it's just even Stevens. Uh, a lot of the time they say, oh, it's really great that they've got the buy in week seven 
because, you know, they have injured players in week four and five. You can't predict when that's going to happen on your team. The bye week's just a random, like, benefit. Mm. I think having it so early isn't great. Having it so late isn't great. But anywhere in the middle, you can't just call it. You just need to see your team will need a break when it needs a break. I, I can't really. Honestly, I'll ride the fence and just. Oh, actually, no. I'll just. I'm not riding the fence. I'll just say I don't think it's a, a real advantage either way. Every team has it. You just got to be lucky enough. It falls in your hands when you need it. I feel a bit sorry for the Chargers because obviously they've had those injury stricken years, and now they're going week five. They probably thinking, yeah. That, that's first thought I had. It's like if you know your team is injury prone yeah. and you're looking at first week, you go, that's not when we need it. <laughs> so what do you think? So we've got the buys, but do you think home and away has a bit more impact? Like this this season, someone always gets the raw stick with the NFL scheduling. So They're travelling like yeah, many away so games some, in a row. So it's, there's always an imbalance, but don't worry, it turns around. It comes back to you in the, in the mm. seasons. But we've got five teams who have three game road trips. Uh, you got the Ravens, Giants, Lions, Panthers, and Broncos. That's you think that's gonna. Do you think that has a greater impact? I think to that extent, that has a great impact for you to be away from home for three three games, basically three home games. Uh, in general, the home and away game thing, I'm still up in the air about because, of course, you'd rather be at home. You're more rested, mm. haven't had to travel. You're comfortable. It's your facility. Your fans are there. More fans, you've got the less booze raining down on you. You've got the support of everything coming in. But I think there's teams that start the season with two or three away games, uh, and that's got to impact you a little bit, especially if you've come off losses. You're having no fans around you. It's just an uncomfortable way to start the season. There's so many things that can get in your head, but I think you know if you're the best of the best, if you're like you know Patrick Mahomes or... Joey Burrow, you just don't let that stuff bother you. I always feel like it shouldn't, but I feel like it's amplified in American sport for some reason. There, there was a stat, like there was a stats collected um, over 10 years, and I think it was from 2009 to 2019, and basically said it comes out about 56%. You win at home games. Yes. Which, you know, averages out. I just don't think that means that much. It means not. Like, because you don't know who were good and bad. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. We have talked about in the past of these uh, episodes when we talk about away games, about the different stadiums that have yeah, different I impacts. Think they have- there are little tricks, but they're not everywhere. And as you say, though, I guess you can travel through different time zones in the States. I think mm. there's four different time zones. Not only vary a couple hours, but it would be a little bit more impactful than Collingwood going to Essendon for their, <laughs> their it's away game. MCG to Marvel. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's a big commute, that one. That's a tough one. I'll see them on the old 48 tram. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right, Cad, let's wrap up these schedules. Uh, give me the games that you're looking forward to the most. I've got a couple. Of course, first, Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, good one. Reasons there are pretty obvious. Not Beyond the Super Bowl rematch is the fact that you know, there was that call that was or wasn't dodgy. I want to mm. see them play it out. Eagles and Chiefs playing week 10. Very excited for that. Next one I've got, I've pretty much listed here, is the Bills versus the AFC, which is uh, unfair. <laughs> but, uh, That's a cheat. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the Bills are being undermined by the Bengals and the Chiefs. And amongst this hype of the Burrow and Mahomes thing, I think Josh is feeling a little bit left out in third place, if he's even in third place. He doesn't have the up-and-coming hype anymore. Yes, he got put on the Madden cover, but I think they're looking to make their statement and kind of come back onto the stage because we barely talk about them. when They're not as exciting as they used to be. And I think they're versing the Bengals, 
in front of the Bengals' home crowd in Week Nine, where I really want Allen to go out and make a statement and show that he's uh, he's ready to play with the big boys. The Bills must be excited to be. They're basically underdogs now. Like, yeah, <laughs> what a great outcome the for them! Took all the hype away from yeah, them. Yeah, they're, 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 they're probably having a great old time in, in <laughs> preseason. Uh, I will add on as well. Jets versus Broncos, as we said in the news. Yeah, Sean Payton, Nathaniel oh, Hackett's beat. Good one. It, it's, good a, one. it's now a rivalry game. We'll uh, see who gets the last laugh in. I'm very excited for that one. Talking about that sort of relevant rivalries, uh, I'm looking at the Week Eight Jets versus Giants. Let's. That's big. If these two teams are going, that's got to be massive. That's two New York teams. That will be. That's an exciting one for me. I think that's a, an interesting one as well because you're talking about the playoffs. Four teams have to go. Mm. Now, the Giants were floating around in that little wild card round. You know, did the Jets come for him? Is this, yeah. you know, the first takeover? It's interesting. It could be a very good narrative. Um, mm. One of the exciting matchups I've got is, we're going back to my rookies now. So we've got Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. So Bryce Young from the Carolina Panthers, and they're going to be hosting the Houston Texans. So CJ Stroud uh, is going to be featuring for them. If they can both get there, this is going to be an exciting one. I'm really excited yeah, about Yeah, this is big. Yeah, it's going to be big. Two, two rookies coming. Two. Num- pick number one, pick number two, hey? Yeah, I think it's going to be an amazing one. So let's hope they're up and about by that time. The other one's a bit more of a veteran sort of vibe here. So this is this is crazy to think. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers will play each other for the first time. That, that's insane. That's insane, the right? first time, yeah. So that's, Because I guess if you think about it, despite both of them being in the playoffs... They're on the other side of the conference, yeah. and if they don't meet in the Super Bowl, it's not really happening. Yeah, and that one, I just, I just, and they were supposed to meet each other a couple of seasons ago, but I think Patrick was injured. So again, if they're injured, you don't see each other, and they don't see each other for another four years. But this is that's exciting. So that, I, that's really cool. So pen, yeah. pencil that one in. So Chiefs versus New York Jets there, and then the last one for me is got the Jets again here. So the Jets versus Patriots. The Jets. Haven't beaten them for 14 seasons. 14 seasons. Well, 14 consecutive games. Game them. They have not beat the Patriots in 14 consecutive games. you got to bet Belichick circling that one. Oh. He's like, if we win one game this season, the, please. The Patriots <laughs> will be coming for that game. So that's an exciting one to watch a bit of history there potentially. So, I've got a, a personal one I'll just add, a t- add to the list. Oh, yeah. And this is, this is for you, me, and all those many, many, many Chargers fans out there. <laughs> We should be very excited for Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve this year is a Sunday. Now, I'm hoping this is 100% accurate, and I've checked this on Google and everywhere else I can find a schedule, but currently on the schedule on Christmas Eve at midday Australia time, the Chargers are versing the Bills. Oh, get out of the way, Santa. We're busy yeah. <laughs> on Christmas now. <laughs> the Holmes are doing a Chargers Christmas. I think it's the only game I saw in the schedule that's on technically a Saturday there that we get on a Sunday. Just happens to be our team. Oh. And that's why I've been checking it. it. I hope it's true because that is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> that is a Christmas miracle. I'm actually looking forward to the games over Christmas period this year. Uh, I think it, yeah. I actually really want to get into it. So, Well, uh, the home family, I believe, has uh, got a bit of a theme to Christmas. Oh, yeah. Don't tell my sister. She's not aware of it yet. But um, Does she listen to the show? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, so it looks like my we've got a little plan to do an American style Christmas. So we'll be doing the uh, the American style spread and watching the, games, the games on kicking a kicking a pigskin 40, 
43 seconds hang time, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said 4.3 seconds. No, no, I've, I've lifted, I've raised it, I've raised the bar. <laughs> Got to get myself over to that college experience. So I've raised the bar. <laughs> no, nah, but it's exciting. We're going to be... Uh, we're gonna try. We're gonna try to do an American style Christmas. So I love that, yeah. guys. Get the cornhole going. Yeah, just get it. Throwing the ball around. That's great. So if your Christmas is like not exciting and you're sick and tired of watching Ko on your phone, just um, just do an American style Christmas. Get on board. Come see what the homes are doing. Can I come? Like my mum doesn't listen to this show, so I think I can just. Oh, Sandy's come Sandy's to your already Christmas. adopted you, so get, get come down. So. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. I'll uh, I'll be seeing you guys in uh, Victoria for Christmas. Yeah, and, but uh, I'll warn you, we are going to the cricket. So. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Onside Punts. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Onside Punt. For now, though, thank you very much, homie. Thanks, Kat. Be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Thanks, Kat. Be great. Bye, mate. Bye. Bye.